Welcome to the third episode of this podcast recording of what's in your shed. And you will notice I'm not in my shed. Oh, is this the fourth episode? Let's just see. Let me just see. Let me check. Let me check. Let me check. So episode one. Episode two. Episode three. Episode four. Episode five. Episode six. Wow. I had a wonderful time in Plettenberg Bay. It was very, very good to see family and friends and of course the beauty of the Western Cape, the small section I saw at least. I can't think of another place in the world like it. I haven't traveled to a lot of places so I can't say it's the most beautiful there is. It is probably the most beautiful I've ever seen. I like the contrast of the mountains and the forests and the sea and then as you head further inland it becomes a desert it's magnificent and the sea life that we can't see is incredible too unfortunately I did see a dead seal on the beach and that must have come from Roburg seal colony that I was talking about in the previous episode and it had washed up on the beach. It was quite far up, actually. It must have been a high tide that brought it in, and I'm not sure why it wasn't able to get back into the water because seals have those flippers that enable them to move on the land as well as in the water. And I noticed that its eye sockets were empty, and for a moment I I wondered why, and then... The answer seemed really obvious to me when I looked up and I saw seagulls hovering about and they had gone for the soft tissue of the eyes, I suspect. And it's the circle of life and that seal maybe wasn't well or was injured and got washed up. I didn't see any human interference. That whole beach was deserted. couldn't see anyone. And it was a stark reminder of how harsh nature can be and how beautiful it can be on the other side and that's exactly what I saw on that wonderful walk I did and it made everything seem everything in our world in our material world seem inconsequential for example the latest iPhone and the latest cars and all those high-tech things that people are always after and it, it 
puts a perspective on our lives that I felt really privileged to be able to see and and to hold with me for that lovely afternoon. And the next day I had to travel back to the airport in order to get a flight back to Johannesburg and there were reports of a big storm coming and the pilot on the flight mentioned that and he said the conditions are pretty good there are some strong winds but that's not going to affect the flight and we'll be able to make it safely to Johannesburg thank goodness for that I always get a little bit nervous when going up in an aircraft I feel quite vulnerable and honestly feel relieved when the plane eventually lands at the destination I'm wondering why people don't cheer and clap when a flight lands it's only happened once actually when I was on a flight to San Diego I think it was many years ago I went to visit a friend in San Diego and the plane went through some really rough turbulence as it was coming into land and it rocked all over the place and there were a few screams and yelps from the passengers and when the plane actually made it on the ground and the brakes were applied and the aircraft started, stopped swaying on the runway actually the brakes were applied so hard and the plane moved side to side as it was slowing down and when it eventually stopped swaying everyone cheered in utter relief I always think it's an amazing job that these pilots are able to land aircraft through difficult weather conditions and this particular journey back to Johannesburg there was a lot of cloud and the plane actually landed through thick thick cloud the only time you could get any visibility was when it was reaching the runway suddenly it dropped out of the clouds and there was this open space where we could see out the window and suddenly the runway appeared and the plane landed I was quite happy to land because again I was feeling rather uncomfortable it was only a one and a half hour flight and it was I don't know I, I find it difficult to sit down for too long I keep wanting to stand up and I had a window seat which was really good because I could see out the window for the first part before the clouds started getting really dense and I couldn't keep getting up because I'd have to ask someone to move the whole time and because this is such a short journey I've been in transit for quite a lot of the time so I just about had enough but I did manage to start reading a book while I was on the flight it's called Uncommon People The Rise and Fall of the Rock Stars by David, by David Hepworth and I've read a couple of chapters and it's, it's really good it explains a lot of the stuff that I've always been intrigued by and that is the rock star and this book 
tackles the question of what is a rock star and are there actually any more of these people about and there's a chapter about Elvis there's a chapter about Little Richard and I've read those two those were the first two and I'm going on to a chapter about Buddy Holly and I didn't realize that Elvis was one of a twin and unfortunately Elvis's twin didn't survive at childbirth so Elvis was the only son that um, survived of those twins and yeah it's a, it's a good book so I was enjoying that and I'm looking forward to finding out about Brian Wilson, Jimi Hendrix, David Bowie, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Marley, Stevie Nicks, Ian Dury, Duran Duran, Led Zeppelin, Michael Jackson, Bob Dylan, Axl Rose, that should be quite interesting. I was a massive Axl Rose fan when I was a teenager or a Guns N' Roses fan, but Axl Rose really stood out. I don't know why I look at it now and I think, oh, I'm not sure. I don't really like <laughs> Axl Rose that much. And I did really like Slash. Izzy Stradlin, Duff McKagan. Yeah, that will be an interesting one, I think. Axl Rose's behavior was really bizarre. I had a favorite live video that I used to watch over and over again. And it was for the Use Your Illusion 2, or Use Your Illusion Tour. So there was two albums. I always struggle with that word tour. Tour. <laughs> tour. <laughs> Um, they had two albums, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, and this was part of that. And my friend James gave me the VHS tape where he had recorded it off TV at some point. And I'd watch that over and over and I'd see Axl Rose running up and down the stage and wearing, I think they were red hot pants and a flannel checked shirt tied around his waist and a headband and his long straight hair yeah that should be a, a really good chapter so I'm glad I started that book because I had found it really hard to read on the way to George Airport and actually on the flight from London Heathrow to Johannesburg I just couldn't read I had such a headache and I made sure I drank lots of water but it, it was I don't know, maybe the whole enormity of the, the journey after not having been to see family in a while and all of that kind of stuff. I don't know what it was. But as I said in a previous episode, I, I still feel really grateful that I can do it and I shouldn't be complaining and moaning about something that gets me to to see loved ones and to see the world and experience different things and landed in Johannesburg Airport from going through the clouds and I've just received a message from my dad where he's put a photograph from a news story about the weather in George and he said I'm looking at my phone now he said this is George today, you just made it. And the photo has a street sign 
that says N2 George and then the little aeroplane that's the airport sign and there's another sign another direction to the right saying Union Street anyway it's a big sign and behind that there is what looks like some shops and it's completely flooded there's two sea rescue dinghy boats on that water and you can see the top of a car peering above the floodwaters I'm not sure if I would have been able to get the flight out and that would have been quite bad because I'm here for such a short time I'm not sure what I would have done perhaps I could have then asked to extend the hire on the car and driven to Johannesburg but that journey would take about 15-16 hours and I couldn't do that all in one day there's no way I'd need to stop in the Karoo or somewhere and spend the night so it would have cut my time short visiting my mom I've actually done that journey before with Joe where we drove all the way from Gordon's Bay which is again I'm looking up at the ceiling trying to picture a map in my head so Gordon's Bay is further west closer towards Cape Town and we drove all the way from Gordon's Bay back to Johannesburg but we went via the garden route which is along the southern tip of Africa heading east and you go past George, Neisner, Plettenberg Bay, Jeffreys Bay, Port Elizabeth, I've probably missed a few out and then just after Port Elizabeth furthest east as you start reaching the Eastern Cape you head north so you take a left and start heading north oh those are noises from the corridor I'm actually, I'm actually in the hotel room and they're, they're calling up and down the corridor anyway that's that's over now they stopped doing that and we've driven that journey and did it in one day left Gordon's Bay at 6am and drove all the way along because a friend we were with that evening before we went on the journey said oh you'll, you'll be able to do the garden route part in six hours and you'll get to Middleburg or somewhere where it was halfway stay the night and you'll get to that Middleburg part in another couple of hours so it's eight hours and I thought oh eight hours is manageable could do four have a break do another four but it actually turned out to be about 12 13 hours and I remember driving along and I started to hallucinate I thought that Joe was passing me an apple because she was sitting in the front passenger side I was driving and I said no thanks Joe and she said what what what, what do you mean no thanks I said I, I don't want an apple that's okay she said, I, I didn't offer you an apple and I said I could have sworn you you held an apple out in front of me and after that we realized we had to get to our destination as soon as possible and luckily it was only another 20 minutes or so and it, it gave me a wake-up call and at that point Joe wasn't able to drive the hire car because for some reason we didn't add her to the list of drivers 
to be able to drive that particular vehicle. And I think earlier on in that journey, it was really difficult because the sun was setting right in front of us. So as we were heading west again, so we turned to go north and then we were heading west again, the sun was dipping down right in front of us and it made the visibility very, very difficult. And there were signs saying they, that Kudu jump across the road. Now Kudu are antelope that are able to scale nine foot fences they can jump really high and what happens is they sometimes scale those fences and then they jump across the road and they'll come at speed so you can crash into one and it can be very very dangerous indeed i'm going to just answer the phone to joe because she's calling me on facetime let's see hello Hi. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good. If you're wearing green. Yeah, we wear the same. The Wi-Fi is really patchy, so it may cut out. Oh, that's okay. How is it? It's good. Yeah, it's nice. Um, there's huge thunderstorms tonight. Oh, wow. um, big lightning bolts like you've never seen before going from the clouds right down to the ground and you look and it's massive but there was uh yeah. huh is it okay there yeah yeah it was okay so when we got here it was really hot it was like 31 degrees and that's not right it was too hot and then you could hear the rumbling of thunder like See you all. Well Bye. done, everyone. Bye. 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 Oh, that was a really nice call from Joe. And I got to... Let me turn that aircon off. Oop. I had to have the air conditioner on because it's so humid. When the aircon's on, it will create a background noise here that you probably don't want to hear. I, I, and it didn't turn off. Let me try again. Oh. There you go, the aircon's off. And that, as I was saying, that was a really nice phone call from Joe and keeping in touch while I'm away and I got to speak to the kids and see what they're up to. They had the guinea pigs inside in the hallway and they had put cushions blocking the doorways so the guinea pigs could run around in the hallway before putting them in the hutch outside. Apparently winter has arrived in Oxford and it is freezing apparently. I'm on the other side of the world in South Africa and it's the summertime, although the weather has been rather strange. When I was in Johannesburg yesterday, it got really cold when we were outside and this is where I get back onto my story. <laughs>
you. So the, the flight came in to Johannesburg from George. I managed to get away before the flooding and drove from the airport to my mom's place in uh, an area called Northcliffe. And the great part is that the car that I hired had a CD player this time. So I was able to listen to music on the way to my mom's place. And the first CD I put in was Arcade Fire Suburbs, I think it's called. And it was so good to be able to listen to. I enjoyed listening to local radio stations. They were patchy in parts as you went into valleys or through forested areas the reception would go but it was really nice to listen to the radio and then I got to my mom's place I called her outside the gate because most places have gates and intercoms there's very high security in places in Johannesburg and my mom lives in a type of gated townhouse complex where there's a main gate at the main driveway I mean, there's only one driveway, I call it the main driveway, and an intercom system at the gate, and you have to put in a code for the number, unit, or house that you want to contact, and I didn't know the code, so I phoned my mom, and she was really excited, and came came outside with her remote, and opened the gate, and dro I drove in, and then my mom and Ephemia, Ephemia then came out uh, onto the driveway, and she greeted me as well and I gave my mom a big hug it was so good to see her in person and just to have a, a lovely hug together and the same with Ephemia and I got the suitcase out the car and then Auntie Shani turned up which was a real treat I'm so glad I got to see Auntie Shani and she's been such a big supporter of What's In Your Shed podcast and she loves it, she tells me, and I'm, I, I feel so humbled and, you know, honoured that Shani loves it and she's a, she's a very creative soul and to have that feedback from her is, is always lovely. And we had a very nice time at my mom's place. We had a braai, which is the word for a barbecue in South Africa is called a braai and it's done by most people in South Africa There's, everyone's got a braai at home and the traditional meat to cook on the braai is burovors which is a beef sausage that comes in a, a ring almost like a Cumberland ring but longer and it, it goes around in a concentric circle. And when you have that on the braai, you can turn the whole thing over by getting tongs and sliding it underneath in the middle of that ring and then flipping it over. And Ophimia is a great braai chef and did all the food and all, all the meat on the braai. And my mom did a delicious salad with feta and tomato and avo and lettuce I don't know what else was in there but it was always tasty and it's one of those salads you don't need a dressing because you get all the juices from the tomato and there was cucumber in there as well 
and there were some roasted vegetables which turned out really nicely too little new potatoes pumpkin squash some onion I think maybe some mushrooms in there too and I got to see my mom and her two sisters so Auntie Shani and then Auntie Jilly and my cousin Jacques cousin Eugene is not in South Africa at the moment so I got to see Jacques and his partner Coralie and their two children young children three and one I think and it was such a wonderful moment to be with family and to see my mom and her two sisters all together and they'd all come out on that Sunday evening to to see me and each other I felt very lucky to be able to you know have have invited all these people and they all came and we had a very nice time and what I'm saying is it it got very cold I started to feel quite shivery and I got a, a layer on and then I put another layer on which the second layer was a jumper or a jersey in South Africa they don't say jumper but a jersey that my mom had knitted and it's it's stunning beautiful color there's a bit of teal going through it and a bit of lighter gray I think but the wool is a, a multicolored wool and it, it, it came up beautifully and actually Ephemia told me that they got the wool here in Scottborough which is where I am now and that's going to be for the next episode I'll, I'll talk to you about leaving Johannesburg and coming to Scottborough and which has a lot of meaning for us as a as a family and knowing that the wolves come from Scottborough is great and I put that on and then another jacket and luckily I had two of the layers the jacket and the first layer ready for when I travel back to the UK because I'm going to arrive there at five in the morning and then I've got to go to the bus station and I, I may well be standing outside I'd probably want to stand outside because it's again that whole closed-in thing of buses aeroplanes airports artificial lights and I'll need to get outside so I've got those warm clothes and luckily I had them and could pop them on and I had a little woolly hat which Joe had knitted a green one which I absolutely adore and whenever I wear it people say oh I really like your hat it's it's a very bright green color and I love it so much she actually knitted another one for me that is coral color pinky coral bright I like those bright colors and luckily I was able to warm up and we said goodbye to everyone you know it, it was getting late on a Sunday night everyone had to go to work and do all those things and then I made a few notes about the day in my notebook my podcast notebook and went to sleep setting the alarm for 5 30 a.m so we would be able to then leave at 6 a.m and the idea is to miss the traffic but more of that in the next episode which covers the road trip from Johannesburg to Scottborough with my mom how lucky is that who gets to go on a road trip with their mom I don't want to get too carried away because as I said this is for the next episode and 
once again, I've really enjoyed being able to document this incredible journey. And it's a lovely record to have so my kids or can, can listen to it one day. And also, hopefully, everyone else who gets to listen, hopefully you can get some enjoyment out of it, some relaxation, just something from this little creation, this little offering that I'm putting out there. Anyway, have a have a really lovely morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day you're at. And I look forward to catching up for the next episode of What's in Your Shape. Goodbye. Open up the strong box. What's in your shape? What's in your shape? Pictures and treasures and the books that we read. What's in your shape? What's in your shape?